Al, it's time to take a journey back into the past. Yes. The 19th century. Japan. Sure. Japan. Sure is a time. <laughs> sure is a time period, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what we, we're going to talk about some history today. Welcome to the History Podcast. I mean, I do have a PhD in history, but not in Japanese history. It's a little bit different. A little bit different. But yes, I do hello. like history. Welcome to this week's episode of Season Let Me Check Up OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladyum. Hello, hello. This is episode 323. And hey, they put out a new Yakuza game. They did. Based off of a game that came out nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like a Dragon Ishin is out. Which is still very surprising to think about. Yeah, I mean, the announcement of it was amazing. Like, it just came out of nowhere, and I didn't... I I knew of this game um, because of, you know, us just diving into the Yakuza series. And by us diving, I mean, you were already a big fan, and you're like, Hey, Al, what about you play some of these fun games? Poke, 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 poke. And then I, I fell into the deep end. Um... But I'd seen things on the internet about this game, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, this is one of those games that a lot of people looked at and were like, yeah, there's really no chance this gets localized because of how rooted in Japanese history it is and how much mm -hmm. you would have to explain to people outside of Japan who maybe don't follow Japanese history to a academic degree, let's say. Right. So it'd be very hard to, you know get all the story stuff out there which i think in this remake they did or remaster or whatever you want to call it they do a good job of trying to like give you ways to contextualize everything yeah there's like there's like if there's specific uh terms or names or whatever that have come up they like there's a button you can press and be like all right here's exactly what this means or like here's where this area is now in current day japan let's contextualize all of this for you let's make this make a little bit more sense because we realize this is going to like be very confusing if you don't understand what's going on mm -hmm. so yeah and we, were... we were talking oh sorry no you're you're fine go ahead i was gonna say we were talking about it before it hit record but um like this is probably some like well-known japanese history in japan um so it was it was very kind of them to try and like figure out a way to make it doable for for like localized audiences mm -hmm. yep anyway continue uh so yeah this originally was a playstation 4 launch game that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it came out on February 22nd, 2014 in Japan on the PS4 and PS3. Uh, and then there was there was no chance this was ever going to come out before, I think, now. Because right. this game comes out after Yakuza 5 comes out. And at that time period, the Yakuza games, especially outside of Japan, were not as big of a hit as they are now. Like, that right. wouldn't happen until Yakuza 0 comes out. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, this game was never really going to be on the table during this time period mm -hmm. of getting released over here in the slightest. Right. Uh, I think now is a good time to to do a remake of this because, like we said, the series is much more popular nowadays. It gives you something to play in between, the, like the wait between, you know, after Lost Judgment and, you know, the next two games that are coming out, which are going to be a little bit of a ways away. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little stopgap that you can play, and also it's a game that, like, like we said, like a lot of people thought would never ever be released outside of Japan, just due to its its nature and, and the way the story is and all that sort of stuff. Right. So it's a cool little thing that you know, it's a cool bit of history to get this game actually coming out nine years after the fact, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> all yeah, they, polished up with some new character models. Yeah, they uh, they redid like. I think they redid some graphics stuff or some like or some stuff. They put this on Unreal Engine, which is a obviously a different engine than what they used originally, which would have been the the Yakuza Five engine. Mm -hmm. uh, it does play like one of those older games, so I know like there's a lot of people who are gonna come to this and be more familiar to the Dragon Engine style games and be like, "What the heck is this? This feels very old." <laughs> and I mean, because it's an old game, it's a nine year old right. game, so right, it's gonna right. feel old. Uh, I think it helps for me because we we had gone through all of the Yakuza games two years ago, 
and I had played through three, four, and five. I had, you know, got familiar with those style of games. So like coming back to this, it really wasn't that big of like a culture shock or anything. It was just like, okay, I just gotta get reused to these systems and everything, how this game works, how the fighting works, how the inventory management works, which I think they do some really good things with the inventory management in this game compared to some of those past Yakuza games that they had put out. So there was things in here that I was like, oh wow, this is actually really well done and stuff like you don't have fishing in in your inventory. Right. It's a separate thing. Like the <laughs> produce is a separate thing. Materials are a separate thing. I was like, this is brilliant. This yep. is really smart. Very, very good. Yeah. So like there is the only thing that's not a separate thing is the items you get from the spinny wheel. So you end up with a lot of rice just, and paper. Just don't get a lot of free t or prize tickets. That's that's the thing. <laughs> Says the person who's running around with over two hundred prize tickets. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what you said last time. Yeah. Guess what uh, I did. But yeah, they the remake came out this year, February 21st, 2013, 2023, excuse me, on the PS5, PS4, PC, the Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, they put out more trooper cards for this game, including some, like, influencers or fans of the Yakuza series, like one Kenny Omega, <laughs> the wrestler. When we named Joel. The one-winged angel himself. Just very weird and wild to think about. Yeah. Uh, let's see what this wiki says about what they did, really. Uh, okay, so trooper cards apparently could not be used in regular combat before, but now they can. Oh, interesting. Which I think is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, certain enemy encounters were also adjusted by giving boss enemy special abilities. Uh, in addition, several characters of the game were also recast with new actors who have previously portrayed other characters in the mainline titles, notably from Zero, Six, and Like a Dragon, which is Seven, mm -hmm. uh, with the audio only being available in J Japanese, which I, yeah, I don't yeah. see, making, dubbing this would have been very weird. It would have been a lot. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm usually a big fan of having dubs. Um, and like the, the judgment, lost judgment, um, and seven dubs are really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but I think given like the context of the game and the setting of the game, having it be in Japanese is a, a, it fits, it's smart. Yeah. Um, also it's probably one of the reasons why we were actually able to get it because it, we, they didn't have to dub it. Cheaper that way. It's cheaper. Uh, the singing bar features songs that are from the original game as well as new songs, including an arrangement of the series' fan favorite karaoke track, Baka Mitai. Yeah, you want to sing the song about the fighting Sakura? <laughs> 30 A times? Lot? 30 you times? You can definitely do that. And then there's the one, like, booby song that we did once that I was like, oh, those, those sure are some boobies. The Hammer Hammers are coming loose. They are, they are, they are out there and very distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit about development and release for the original title here on the wiki. Uh, they put out a demo on the PlayStation Shore on February 13, 2014. Uh, there was also a free app on the PlayStation Vita that was available. I don't know what that app ent entailed or anything, but it apparently huh. was a thing. Okay. Uh, on February 22, 2014, a DLC named Digest Narration Voice was made available. Which, again, I don't know what that entails. Mm-mm. Uh, and then the game sold 138,158 copies on PS3 and 82,540 copies on PS4 for a total of 220,698 copies on its first two days of sale. By March 31st, 2014, the game had sold 390,000 copies, and the original version was awarded a near-perfect scores of 38 of 40 and 39 of 40 on the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, respectively, by Famitsu. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, counteractive to that, here is the Metacritic scores for the remake they got an 80 of 100 on PC, PS5 got an 81 out of 100, and the Xbox Series X and S version got a 78 out of 100. Uh, this this says that some of the outlets, such as Eurogamer, liked the game's side stories, but felt it retained much of its early 8th-gen DNA. Despite <laughs> being rebuilt from the ground up in Unreal Engine 4, it feels as though the team has stuck with the same building plans as the original, where loading screens separate interiors and neighboring locations, while NPCs retain the awkward late PS3 marionette-looking look and move us yes because it's that kind of game <laughs> yep that's that's yep you're not going to be able to fix all of that without literally rebuilding the entire game no so 
And also, like, the NPCs do stuff that are hilarious, so... Yeah, it's fun. Like, just, just accept the weird... There's a charm to it. It's a charm! That's a charm, and, like, are we really that weak that we can't deal with loading screens anymore? I mean, to be fair, on the PS5 version, it does feel very strange that the loading times are kind of long. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, eh, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even really notice it, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I guess... I've been dealing with games with loading screens forever, so I'm just like, okay, da 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 da. Yeah. Um. Man, it's an interesting complaint though with the NPCs. Yeah, so go go replay Yakuza five and four and three and see how <laughs> how they <laughs> how they act, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's just one of those games. Yep, just one of those games. That's that's how you got to do it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the gameplay of this before we dive into like spoilery parts of this game. Um, okay. There are multiple fighting styles in this. It is similar to Zero in that respect. Uh, I would say like also the uh, the skill trees are very Zero esque as yeah. well. I mean, this yeah. is obviously a predecessor to Zero, so they would have been able to take ideas from this and implement them into Zero if they would have wanted to and everything. Uh, but you in this you get you know the regular brawler style that the series is known for, especially for Kiryu and all that sort of stuff. You have a swordsman style where you fight with a sword. You have a gunman style where you use a pistol. And then there's the wild dancer where you use a sword and gun. Uh, I thought they were very... The, the, the three new ones were very interesting and I thought they played really well. It was weird that like the the hand-to-hand combat style was, like, the weakest out of all of them, considering that's usually what you come to these series for, is that that hand-to-hand combat with, you know, just your fists and everything. So I thought that was weird that, like, that one's kind of the weakest of all of them. Yeah. But I think, as well, they kind of just want you to use these other styles because it's more in line with the times. Right, right. It makes more sense for a samurai to use a samurai sword. Right, right, right. Although, like, you know... Let's just chalk it up to the lack of bikes existing at that point. It's true. Because, you know, if 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 Ryoma Sakamoto had had a bike, he would have been unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Smashing him over everyone's head. Yep. So, you know, we had to, we had to nerf him somehow. It's true. Uh, cornucopia of sub-stories, obviously. Like, you're going to go through a lot of those just throughout Some the game. Some are really good. They're very wacky and weird. They're very much in the tradition of the series. So, like, even though it's a very different time period, they're still able to kind of create that charm of just the weirdness and the wackiness of these subplots that you get in all of the games, which is really good. Uh, there's a bunch of mini games you can do. Like we said, there's karaoke. There's all the fishing. gambling stuff. There's fishing. Uh, there's the the farm aspect that you can do with Haruka. Yeah. Where you make a farm and you Cook. build up this farm. You, you There's the cooking mini game. You can hang out with some cats and dogs. Uh, they replaced the... Uh, chickens. The com- and chickens, yes. The completion point system with a virtue system, which is basically just the same thing. You, you acquire virtue and then you spend that to unlock new abilities or new things for like the farm and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's very easy to do, very simple, and you can just, you can unlock all that stuff pretty easily throughout the game, I think. Like, nothing really felt like it was really, like, super duper locked behind anything, mm-hmm. which is very nice and everything. Uh, let's see here. There's the, the battle dungeon stuff, which is where you get the trooper cards and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you just kind of go through these little mini dungeons and... That's where you can get a lot of like the more rare uh, crafting materials, which is also crafting this game. We should mention uh, where you can craft like weapons and equipment for Ryoma. But the dungeons where you get a lot of the the more rare items there. You can also pick up like weapons and everything, and also get more trooper cards as you go through each and every dungeon and all that sort of stuff. Uh, what else is there? there's the arena arena is obviously a you know staple of the series so that's there um there's did we the... even do the arena i did on on my off time oh okay i, I didn't even remember the arena it's it's the arena all right makes sense <laughs> uh there's the dude who shoots cannonballs at you like it's like you're playing uh it's baseball. baseball and i thought that was very funny and also he has like a skeet shooting section yep 
that was very humorous indeed. But yeah, it's like, I mean, it's it's a Yakuza game. It, it plays like one of those, even though it plays like an older version of those. It's got all the stuff you would want from one of those kinds of games in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also things where you can like bond with people. You can make little friendships, and there's little little tinier stories that are in there, where you just kind of like you help out a person, and you become friends with them, and you get a little bit of story for that character and everything. And they'll give you items as you bond up and everything. Um, it's a good we way to really kind of farm friend- virtue oh. and everything. We became really good friends with a fisherman who didn't know how to fish. Yeah, we gave him like two sharks. We gave him two sharks and a tiny baby fish. Same thing we did with a cat. We gave it a shark. And we gave it a shark. And then we named it tuna. Yep. We wanted a tuna <laughs> at the end. We gave him a tuna. We named it tuna. That is true. Uh, I will say, combat-wise, it is very funny to the, to use the gun style because you can just like walk backwards and then just fire upon everyone and just watch them die. <laughs> yep. It's it very easy. Uh, it it is that. a shame there's no lock on though with a gun. Yeah, especially just in the combat in general that there's no lock on. Um, I think that would have helped a lot in some certain circumstances, especially when the camera gets a little funky. Uh, that would have really been a good use, a good thing to have there and use. But I was still able to get through a lot of the combat even without having a lock on or anything like that. So I think that was okay. It's just it could have been better in that aspect right for sure but yeah it's it's i mean it's a it's a yakuza game Mm -hmm. it is one of these types of games it's just in a different time period and there's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to digest especially when you're going into this game because this is a very real part of japanese history that you're going into i mean obviously Mm -hmm. it's a historical fictionized version of it but A lot of the characters you are meeting are real people. The setting is a real place. The story is a real thing that happened mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so there's a lot that you have to kind of like understand and they have to explain a lot, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means, you know, you have to go into this as well, understanding that this is going to be a game with a very slow start. Yep. And... You know, it's not going to be like any of the other Yakuza games where you kind of like kick things off and you're going, especially like the sequel games. I mean, obviously like seven as a, as a slow start and everything and some of the other ones has to do as well. But this one especially feels like it has a slow start just because they have to super explain who each character is, the setting, the time period, the story, everything that's going on around the country as well. Like why this is such a tense period in Japanese history. Like there's so much you have to really let the player understand that you have to have this very slow and methodical start or else if you just like threw them in all willy nilly, everyone would just be, or at least people outside of Japan would be very confused about what's happening or like have no idea what's going on and who these people are. And it would just be a mess. Even something as basic as like in the very beginning, they established a class system. Yeah. Um, like you wouldn't feel like, oh, hey, this is a big deal, but like it actually is a very significant part of the story itself, and you know, it, it's it's a good introduction to Ryoma as well. But like that that has to happen, and it's not like a bombastic fun yakuza moment. It's like, yeah, he protects a lady and her kid from getting beat up by these guys who are like, oh no, you're the scum of the earth, kid. I don't think they actually said that. I mean, basically. They basically said that. But yeah. uh, I think that's enough generalized stuff. We can dive into the story. Obviously, we can't go into the entirety of the story because we would be here for an hour literally trying to explain the time period and the history of what's right, going right, on. Right, right. And all of the specific things that you have to know and all of that sort of stuff. So... I think we'll just hit some of the beats that we really liked and kind of give like a very brief overview of like the, the generalized part of the story of like, you know, like who, like who Ryoma Sakamoto is and what, what's his, his agenda in this game. Yeah. His motivations and everything. So let's dive into all of that. Uh, So yeah, you play as uh, Sakamoto Ryoma. You know, the guy from Live Alive. <laughs> he's back in another video game. He is. Uh, obviously, you know, he's based off the real person who mm-hmm. existed at everything. <laughs> he's, you yep. know, 
all of that. So, uh, the beginning of this game, you see your mentor get murdered, with and you're there with your brother. So your brother, you, you have to flee your home country of Tosa, or your homeland of Tosa, I should say, and you fled, you fled, you fled, you flee. There you go. That's the word. To Kyo, which is the modern day Kyoto. Uh, and you stay there for basically a year until the game picks back up, and you're basically trying to investigate who this person who murdered your mentor is and everything, and why they did it, and that leads you into a whole bunch of stuff that happens as the game goes on. Uh, you you become a member of the Shinsengumi, who is a basically a like specialized police force <laughs> in Kyo. Uh, that's where you meet a bunch of familiar faces, let's say. Yep, that's one way to put it. Mm-hmm. And then a whole bunch of stuff goes down. That's also a way to put it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Just the way to, it's the way to do it, obviously. No, no. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, Ryoma becomes uh, Saito Hajime. Yes, that's his assumed name he takes while in Kyo because he's like, hey, I, I don't want people to know who I am because this name that I had obviously is going to be tied to the fact that I deserted uh, Tosa, so people are going to be looking for me, so I need to find a new name. I also didn't realize until this game that Kyoto and Tokyo are just swapped names. The more you know. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I was like, wait a minute! The more you know. Uh, like we said, it's very much a slow start. I feel like it's not until like the fifth or sixth chapter where you start feeling like, okay, now we're getting to some Yakuza Yakuza I mean, you do have the, the like, I don't remember what chapter it is, but you have the, the bathhouse scene, which is pretty Yakuza Yakuza. You mean you're not wrong. Because <laughs> you're you're in there with the 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 bathkeeper, um, and uh, and you end up getting into a naked fist fight where you have the most unflinching fog cloud around your crotch. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> oh man, that fight's really dumb. It's really dumb. I liked it a lot. Really dumb and good. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, we were we were looking through this Wikipedia, and then it was just like, oh right, this is a real person. 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 And like you know, obviously, like knowledge of who Ryoma Sakamoto is is more high than I think some of these other folks are. Yeah. But I I kind of went into this thinking like I know like obviously this is a real period in Japanese history and everything but I didn't think that would u they would use all these different uh, historical figures in this game. Like, no, I, figured they would I try didn't and, either. Like, swap names or do stuff like that but try and keep the kind of the same setting and everything but like a lot of the people you meet here are real people who existed in history. Yeah, and like actually were involved with these events and that's the yeah. thing that I did not expect is that like I didn't expect these to be or there to be as many real people as as we had, I including the fact that um, Saito Hajime is a real person. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? You're real too? Like, I just thought it was like a, a, a name he took. But no, that's a real person too. Um, but like a lot of the major players that we we hang out with in this game are real people i mean like they were based on real people yeah and like some major events get reframed for this game but like generally end up going down like the fine the final result of the events is the same even if the way that we get there is not necessarily um true to life true to life like the yeah. um drinking with the dog <laughs> so good <laughs> there was one of my favorite scenes We'll we'll get to that in a little, but there's the there's a scene at the end of the game where you and the lads are trying to find the other Ryoma Sakamoto who has been using your name and everything and uh going around murdering your comrades and stuff like that and uh I forget who I think maybe Date's character comes in and says like hey here's 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Ryuji's character who is Saigo mm-hmm. and chit chat about him. Gonna get him to this meeting that we need to do and everything. And I'm gonna show him this picture, and he pulls out this picture, and it's this p- picture of the other Ryoma Sakamoto and you yes. were like oh my god that's an actual like that's a real thing that's the actual picture out. and you showed me like the actual picture is the same thing it's just obviously the model is based off of the character in the game but like it's the same pose it's the same like background, everything same everything's the same yeah which is a very re- cool touch that they were able to like use that kind of detail in this and make it work Right, right. I was so impressed. Like, I mean, you you can attest to this. I freaked out when I saw that picture because it was just like, oh my god, I had been on the Wikipedia page for Ryoma Sakamoto, like recently, just reading about who he was and what he did. And I remember that picture. I was just like, holy crap, mm-hmm. it's the same picture. And I sent it to you. You're like, yeah, that is that is the same picture. But like, that's such a nice touch. Yeah. And it's a minor touch, but it shows like hey, you know, we, we know what we're doing. Yeah, and, like, there's just a, there's a ton of stuff in this game that, like, is, you know, true to life. Like, uh, the Tenen Rishin style was a real thing. The Shinsengumi mm-hmm. was a real thing. Like, obviously, like, all the people you meet in the Shinsengumi were real people who obviously were in that group. Um, the raid on the Ikadaya Inn was a real event that happened. That plays out very similarly to how it went in real life, or in the game, essentially. Like, it's the Shinsengumi against the, the Loyalist Shishi. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's wild to think that um, they're able to use all of these very specific points in Japanese history, change them a little bit, obviously, to fit the story of the game they're trying to tell, but make it all work in the end so, so where, like, you actually feel like you're kind of in this very chaotic moment in Japanese history. Right, right. Well, and I mentioned it um, before we started recording. Um, Katsura Kogoro, who was Akiyama in this game, mm-hmm. at the very end of the game, you see him in, like, a Western-style suit. And we were both kind of like, is that period like, appropriate? Like, like obviously, would he be I, doing that? Yeah, That's if, weird. I mean, obviously, it feels like they pr- it probably would be, because I don't think they would make such a weird mistake in detail in that regard, but it just it felt such, like, a weird... Um, departure from everything else we had seen so it was just like mm-hmm. one of those things like huh wait wait a minute but then i went to his wikipedia page and the same suit mm-hmm. is like the main picture that he has like that it's the exact same suit and like they they really put a lot of detail and like actual research into doing this which is really cool which they they easily could have not done oh yeah because like like we said, this is just a stopgap. Originally, this was a stopgap game between five and zero. Mm-hmm. So, like, they just wanted to put something out on the PS4, and this is what they did. So, like, they could have easily just been like, "Hey, let's go into this time period, but just make our own thing and do whatever right. we want." But they really tried to stick to detail and everything, and make all of these events work within this this story that they're also trying to tell, which is similar to what things that happen, but also you know, it's a yakuza story <laughs> in the, at the end of the day so it's got to have its twists and turns and all that sort of stuff but I think they really did a good job of just like using this time period to fit the story they tell and also make it all like just work in a very real and interesting way mm-hmm. and especially it, you know it's nice because like for people like us who aren't going to be familiar with this time period and like this story and everything it makes it very engaging like obviously there's a lot of like dramatized stuff because obviously you know it's right. not true to life in the the strictest sense but we're able to learn about you know this specific time period in history like why it was very important for this country and everything um and get all those understandings in a way that like we might not have been able to if they had done something different right because, I mean, like, there's a lot of interesting conversations you have with people about, like, you know, Western forces coming to Japan and everything, the, the threat of colonialization. Yep. And, like, all of those kinds of conversations that were happening in the 19th century. I mean, you get those here and how people are going to react to them and how they feel about that sort of stuff. It's 
it's very interesting. It is. And I mean, you still have them talking about like the, the arrival of the black ships and mm -hmm. like what that means. Um, I, I assume that, you know, we probably didn't actually have any, any, I wonder, I wonder when I just had a realization um, I was going to say, I doubt we had situations like our, our pal Tom, who was um, the American flag samurai. <laughs> Shouts out Tom. Um, but I'm wondering if they named him after Tom Cruise because of the last samurai. It's probably, it's probably likely. I mean, it, it just seems like I, I realized it when I said that. I was like, wait a minute, Tom, that's a very specific name mm -hmm. for somebody who wants to be a samurai. Um, anyway, he, he is wearing like raw raw American flag, which is really, <laughs> really funny. funny. Um but then like you said earlier, like there was a a British um I guess he was a diplomat of some sort. Yes. And like he was a real guy. He was there. Wild. Um you do have some interesting conversations. Oh in go this go look at a picture of Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. That's definitely what they're going for. So I was right? Yeah. Like that hair is, it's not necessarily as like bright blonde as it is in the game, but it's basically oh, the same hairstyle. It's the same hairstyle. Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely what they were going for. Okay. USA. Yep. Yeah, USA. USA. Uh, <laughs> good, good, good call on actually looking that up and taking it further than what I had actually done. Um, there are some conversations that that um are kind of yikes given like where Japanese history goes very soon after this. Mm -hmm. Um but like I I can forgive it because it would have contextually made sense for these kinds of conversations to be had. Um but yeah, uh I, I, I didn't expect to go into this and have like conversations with VM characters about colonialism. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 negatives and positives of if you could even call it a positive of colonialism and oofa doofa. And you even have like the the like guys in here who are like very much anti anything Western, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure existed. Sure. There's there's probably definitely people who are just like, hey, these people are trying to invade our country. We like. Who knows if any of these people <laughs> who are coming in are going to like try and do the same thing? Like we can't trust them, type of deal. Right. There was that one guy who was like aggressively white. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember him? <laughs> the the mustache man. The mustache man. Like he was aggressively white. Really, I mean, like the character himself. Like when he was talking and stuff, wasn't aggressively white. His just character model was aggressively white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, like, as somebody who's a giant history nerd, um, that's kind of an understatement, um, I was really impressed with the amount of detail that they put in there and, like, actually paying a lot of attention to, to what, like, the historical situation was and trying to work some of that in there. Like, that was really impressive. Good job. Good job. Yay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like it. I, I, I think that's all very poignant and everything. Um, I was gonna say something. Now I'm just completely blanking on it. Did you want to talk about more of the like history story, or do you want to talk more about like the goofy yakuza ness of it? Or... I think, let's talk about some goofy Wherever... yakuza ness of this. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's talk about a very specific chapter. Yes, yes. I think it's like chapter nine. 
It was either chapter eight or chapter nine. I don't remember which one it was. Trying to trying to find here. Nahone. Uh, let's see if things will work here. Yay, working. It's chapter nine. Chapter nine, okay. Chapter nine. So the the crux of this chapter is that at the end of the last chapter, you learned that uh, your sworn brother, Takechi Hanpeita, had been captured by the Tosa and was forced to commit seppuku. Mm-hmm. Which is a real thing that happened to him. Like, that's actually how he dies in real life. Um, so, Ryoma Sakamoto is very upset by this. He's just spending the days drinking in his, his hotel or his inn. Just doesn't want to deal with anything. He just wants to go get drunk. Mm-hmm. So, that's what Continuing you do in the game. Drink. You leave, you go out and start drinking, and... This lady runs up to you in the one of the, the little bars you're at and is like, hey, come come have a drink with me. We'll have a little chit-chat. It's, it'll be a lot nicer than how it is where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. So you go to this little little bar that's a ways away, drink there, and then uh, Akiyama's dude shows up. I forget, I forget his name, Katsura. He shows up and he wants to have a little chit chat with you because he had, the last time you'd seen him was when was during the the Ikadaya, uh incident where you let mm-hmm. him go. Yes. So he's like, oh, I want to thank you for that. Now, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he you know gives his you know sympathies for Takeshi dying and everything. Tries to talk to Ryoma about it, and Ryoma's just like, I don't want to deal with this. I just want to drink. I just want to drink. Give me um, all the sake. Yeah. So eventually he leaves, Ryomar leaves, and he goes outside and they run into Saigo, who is uh, Ryuji's counterpart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Katsura and Saigo are of different factions, factions. And these two factions are very much uh, rivals or enemies with each other. Like They don't like each other. Mm-hmm. You see each other in the street, you're probably going to fight. So these two, like they see each other in the street and they just want to fight. They just want to throw down right here and now. Um, but before that, uh, the, the, the set the scene of why he Thigo shows up, we get the recreation of the dog scene from Yakuza 1. Yep. Where there's just these guys throwing rocks at a dog, and Ryoma and Katsura are like, man, these guys suck. We should probably stop that. And just as they're about to, there's a rock being thrown at the dog, and you see a hand come in and, go, and grab it. And it's Saigo, and you're like, oh, cool, let's go. You were like, he stole our scene. And he beats up these dudes, and he takes the dog, and he's like, oh, you're a fighter. And the dog bites him. <laughs> and the other two are just like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's like, oh, you're showing your fangs. <laughs> oh, you got the spunk. I like it. <laughs> I like your spunk, kid. You're you're a new member of the Satsuma domain. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's so good. I love how they were initially like, oh, man, it's interesting to see the softer side of him. And then the dog bites him, and they're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's uh, just like, ah, yeah, you little scamp. So, yeah, that happens. And then uh, Katsura and Saigo want to fight each other. Mm-hmm. And Ryoma's just drunk. Drunk. Very drunk. A- so he stops them two from fighting, grabs their swords, and just flings them. He's like, well, if you guys want to fight, I want to fight too. <laughs> but with our fists. With our fists. So you fight both of them and you beat them up. And then afterwards, you're just like, all right, boys, we're going drinking. <laughs> And you just go to, like, a couple of bars, you tear the place down, you drink those two under the table, and you're still like, I want to keep getting drunk. You literally drink all the sake at one bar at one point. And then you leave, and you're like, oh, uh, one of them's like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll cover it for you, don't worry. And Ryoma's like, oh, thanks. Anyways, let's go, let's go we're, we're going to go keep, keep drinking, let's go. Katsura ends up paying for it all. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's just keep going. And then you go to, I think, a bar in, like, Gion or something, and, like, you're just sitting there still drinking, and you kind of just, like, chit-chat about things. And Ryoma's basically, like, has this, like, monologue about just, like, why do you guys gotta fight each other? It's real dumb. Like, you both are cool dudes. Like, you guys could get along. It's fine. And those two are just like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like, what what do you mean? <laughs> they're like they're kind of just like oh, I mean he maybe has a point I guess I don't know and then like they both look over and at real real is like honk shoe and he's passed out yeah 
and they're like oh god so like th- those two have to like take you back to the inn and everything and <laughs> it's so good like that whole scene is just amazing like i literally we we played through that entire scene um and i think my initial reaction to the end of that that whole section of events was just like that is a one of the best jacques scenes i have ever seen in this entire series yes that yes. is a top tier ser- scene in the entire series of this game of this of these games just man and then you find out that like those dudes had to like carry him back to the hotel (laughs) and then like after that you learn like oh by the way those two formed an alliance together and like you know some weird it it seems like somebody put them together and everything and real was like oh i don't know anything about that that's real strange wow how could could that have happened (laughs) man i was i was uh you know i was out drinking I, i don't know anything about anything I was blacked out. Also, anyway. one of the other good things about that is that while you're out drinking, the dog is with you the entire time. The entire time! The dog just walks with you! And the, Anytime they're drinking, the dog's just like, I'm going to take a nap. It's so good. <laughs> you never see the dog again, which is very disappointing, but I it love the fact that Saigo just adopts this dog and is just like, all yep. right, you're coming with me. You're part of the army now. You're, 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 um, you're, part, of, you're part of the crew, kid. Let's go. Which I think as well is that this brings up an in- another interesting topic of this is that with this game using all of these different characters from the entire series and everything, like, it's obviously a big fan service game in that re- respect because, like, you're seeing all these characters in different avenues and everything. But they also let these characters have different um, motivations and be have different alignments essentially compared to their mm-hmm. original counterparts like Ryuji's a good guy in this game like he's just your yeah. pal and everything like obviously he's this tough guy that you fight and everything but like he's just a dude who hangs out with you you know he's fight just, you naked fight you naked but it's also your drinking buddy which is cool because like because I we were talking about this when this the dog scene showed up it was like it's neat that we get to see him in like a good guy light compared to like how he is in two where, you know, he's obviously right. the main antagonist and everything, but like, he's such a good character that is neat to see this different side of him. And also like mm-hmm. when you join up with the Shinsen Gumi, like you, uh, the deputy chief is uh Hijikata who is based off of Mifune from Yakuza three, who is mm-hmm. the main antagonist of that game. So yep. the whole time, I think both of us were like, all right, when's this guy going to turn on us? When do we have to fight him? And when's he going to become a bad guy? Turns out, He's a bro. He's a bro. He's a. <laughs> he's with you the whole time. Well, I mean, not the whole time. Like, obviously, he's kind of suspicious of you for a lot of it. But like, by the end of it, he's he's a part of your crew. He's ride or die. <laughs> Which I was just like, wow, I was not expecting this in the slightest. I wasn't either. It's amazing how you get like these different things. Although I do think it was funny that when um he was beating up the guy, uh, not not this guy, but um Ryuji, um when he was beating up the guys about the dog, you're like, all right, now steal their pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Good callback. It was a good callback. But yeah, like you get to see characters doing things that you wouldn't normally see them do. And like you said, have different kinds of alignments. Like everybody's still morally pretty gray. Um, which is or also to be kind of follow like what their original character is like. Yeah, yeah. Like there are still moments where Akiyama like has some some like financial support moments i was like oh that that tracks that makes sense he would do that because that's what akiyama did mm-hmm. um, i mean he has hana with him so he has hana with him which interesting that they are you know together mm-hmm. um because that was hinted at in in the actual yakuza series but in this one it's it's blatant he even but, cause, uh, but also because like that's an actual thing to happen in history correct. Is that they correct, were blatant correct. as well so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just he he said at one point like my woman. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know we went and did karaoke with her. So. Oh, man, those those late game karaoke segments that you get with the other characters are super good. I I couldn't breathe for a moment while we were doing Majimas. Oh my god, <laughs> it was wild. Real good. And then we're like, hey, do you want us to sing the the Sakura? Song again. Five times in a row. <laughs> like, yep, all right. Yep, yep. We got to, gonna go take our girl out for a date. Hey, let's sing sing the song for her and mm-hmm. dance. Yay. Hilarious. Yeah, that that's all real good. Real good stuff. 
But it was um, it was a lot of fun to see these characters in different yeah. contexts. Like, I mean, there's also a lot of characters that you kind of expect to be bad dudes, like a lot of the underlings of the Shinsengumi that kind of die off very quickly are also just like, mm. these were dudes that were bad guys in the other games for the most part, so... Yeah. You kind of understand. I think the the one that's kind of the most interesting um is like I'm trying to remember his name now. Kashiwagi's character cuz he's the guy that eventually you find out is the man who murdered your mentor and everything. Yes. But also he also looks after you at points. So it's very Kashiwagi-esque, but at the end he's kind of also like he did some bad things. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep, and I I called it that it was going to be him. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, there's one part where, like, somebody's going to out you for, like, who you are and what you do, and he's like, he was talking too much. He had to die. And somebody even mentions, like, you know, it's not usually a style to, to, like, hit somebody from the back, but, uh, you know, he must have had a reason. So like that was that was interesting. And even um shoot, what's his name? Um was it Kondo? The the like main leader guy. Yes. Um like he even had some like interesting dynamics to him that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Which I think they did a good job in this by recasting some characters. And it's like we talked about earlier, like they recast some characters to make them more uh, familiar to people who had played like 0, 6, and 7. But mm-hmm. in particular, like Takeshi Hanpeda didn't have like a original counterpart the first time through. Mm-hmm. So they, they made him one of the, the, the three zero baddies. Mm-hmm. Oreo didn't have one. She's now Yuki from the Cabaret Club minigames in 0 and 2. Kondo didn't have anyone who's now just Adachi. Right, which was we was like what? But like, I think the making those characters like counterparts in this version just made their stories, I think, more interesting. And I think they were able to get probably I like obviously I haven't seen the original performances, but I really like their performances in this game in particular. Um, one thing that I, I, I in terms of performances that I think is really wild is that um, Jungi Han's character is in this. Yes. And um, I, I kept saying, like, this is more the Yakuza 6 Jungi Han than, than Yakuza 7. Um, so before that dude, he was... That's what um, I was going to say. The dude from 5, like, the, the guy in jail? Yeah, with the giant scar and stuff. Also a messed up dude. <laughs> Very messed up dude. But it was such a wild thing to look at it. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's who this was originally? Right. <laughs> um, But they were still able to make it so that, like... That character was legitimately terrifying at moments. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I might have more of a like emotional connection with both Jungi Hans because I, I think that character is really interesting. Right. Um But they took like essentially what is a, a pretty boy and they're like, all right, well, this character was horrifying physically. In, in the previous game, we're going to make this pretty boy and still make him absolutely f***ed up. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Interesting. Um, and I think that, um, is it Hiske? Was that, was that? Yeah. His name? Um, I think that his, his, um, switch was also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had some of the same kind of moments of, like, you know, oh, I'm a goofy dude. You you never know what to expect from me. But then, like, oh, I'm just gonna brutally cut down this dude with like no remorse whatsoever. There's but, a couple oh. of times where like he plays that goofy voice up and then immediately switches to like the serious tone as well, which is very yep. well done. It's very well done. <laughs> it was um unsettling at points, honestly. Yeah. Um, which it, you pointed out that that one scene that he did that. Was the like ill-fated couple from three through five? Yeah, which was very wild. Like, there's obviously a lot of people that are in this game from previous games, but like those two showing up was just like that's a deep cut. That's a <laughs> deep like, cut. Because like, if you skip like all the sub stories, you would never know who those two are. <laughs> no, never ever. But I thought that was a, a funny way to put them in there. 
Yeah, then it was sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad time. <laughs> it's a not great time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just thought that was really, really well done. Like, I, I, I think that the switches that they made were a good, a good thing. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen the original ones, but um, I feel like the way that they switched it, like it felt natural and it felt like it fit. Right. Uh, let's talk about the end of this game. Because okay. there's a couple of things, I think, in the end of this game that I was kind of surprised by. Like, you never fight that dude who's the Admiral of the Navy. Right. Who shows up every now and then. He's the one who brings the fake Sakamoto Ryoma to Saigo and everything. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see him just, like, skittering about in the background, trying to maneuver around and do all this sort of stuff. But, like, I thought he was going to be someone you would fight later on, and you just don't. He just kind of disappears. Don't. Yeah, I mean, you even mentioned at the end, like, oh, I bet he's the final boss. No, we we have the final boss fight, and then another guy shows up, and you just don't even fight him. You just beat him up verbally yep. and physically. <laughs> verbally. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. So I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, I think Takechi living at the end was surprising considering like he takes a bullet for us and then yep. you see him later on. It's like, oh, you survived. Interesting. And but I had mentioned to you that I didn't feel like there was any redeeming him. Yeah. So I was surprised that he lived. And also, it's Yakuza villains who have a lot of, a lot of times Yakuza villains just don't make it out of the game. <laughs> yeah, they 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 don't have a good time really. Yeah, uh, Ryoma living was interesting because he gets shot three times, but he's fine. Yeah, he just bled a lot. It is wild because um, I, I assume it's like adrenaline, <laughs> entirely adrenaline. Because when he first gets shot like the three times, he's like struggling to even stand up. Mm -hmm. And but then, then by the, the end, the boys just, show up. The boys show up, and then he's like, all right, I'm good. I can stand up, and I'm going to destroy you verbally and physically. Oh, when, when, uh, so the guy who shows up is Yamauchi Yoda, who is the, um, the dude who leads the, to the Tosa domain. Mm -hmm. Um, he basically reveals this plan that he's like, oh, I'm going to sell Japan to the British mm -hmm. and everything, make a lot of money. I'll get a nice, cozy leadership position and they're like we don't want colonialization that seems bad he's like no i'm smart blah 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 and like once the are you, are you the, gonna mention the moment that i want you to mention i hope I, you I, mention it. I hope so but like there's a so once like the lads show up and everything and they get they surround him he starts like pleading for his life and he's like oh no don't don't do anything Rioma, you've got to help me Rioma. And, and Rioma just looks at him and just like you keep saying this name Ryoma. I don't know who that is. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted you to bring up. Yes, that was such a he, good moment. And then Yamuchi's just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man, that part was so good. Like, there's parts at the end of this game where, like, Ryoma starts figuring out, like, who he truly wants to be and everything, where he just starts getting vicious to people who deserve yep. it. Yep. Like, there's that scene. There's the scene where you fight, um... The big boy, that I forget his name, but um, he's the dude. He's like one of the villains from Five, and you fight him during the fire of Kyo, and mm -hmm. essentially like you beat him, and then you're just like very dismissive of him. Um, there's something really cool he says, but I forget exactly what he says. Oh, he's like, this is the story of Sakamoto Ryoma. You're not a part of this story. Yeah, and just walks away from him, and then just lets like that building fall on him. <laughs> Yep, because he's like, oh, no, my legs aren't working. Please help me. Please help me. And he's just like. Nah, nah, dog. <laughs> nah, I ain't, I ain't about that life. Oh, I was just like, oh, man. It was so cool. So cool. Like, once once he got to the point where he was done, he was done. Mm -hmm. It was good. But yeah, that, that moment at the end where he was like, "I who are you talking about? I was like, yes. So good. Because, like, they had mentioned a few times, like, Ryoma Sakamoto died at that hotel that night mm -hmm. because they were saying like both of their identities at, at that hotel were dead. Yeah. Um. And so he at like accepts that is not me anymore. That will never be me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like so cool. 
cool. Which is interesting that like a lot of this story is just about identity. Yeah. And figuring out who exactly you are, because like there's so many characters in this game do have multiple identities, let's say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and them trying to figure out exactly like who their true self is and everything. And a lot of the story revolves around, you know, Ryoma Sakamoto and his dual identity of that and Saito Hajime. Mm-hmm. So like you know, him trying to figure out exactly who he is, especially near the end when everything's kind of going down and everything. I thought it was very interesting that a lot of the story is also kind of just based around that idea. Because it's not exactly what something you would expect from this kind of game. Is that like that's a core component of the story and a core component that you take away from the story. Isn't it um isn't it Majima's character who's basically like Yeah, Saito Hajime is real too. That's you. Yes. Is isn't it his character? Yeah, because, like, right before you're leaving to go to Tosa, like, you have this conversation with Majima's character, and, like, you're basically just like, yeah, there's nothing from here. Like, this life I led for the last year wasn't real or anything. And he's like, no, dude, you you lived here. Everything you did here is real. All the relationships you made were real. The impact you made in this city was real. Like, this last year was real. You are this person, regardless of what, what the name is or not. Like, all those experiences make you who you are, essentially. And it was, like, this very, like, endearing, like, talk he gives to him. Yeah. It was really good. hmm And then, you know, he did, like, some wingman stuff, which is funny. He did. <laughs> it was very good. But, yeah, you also find out that, like, a good portion of the, the Shizengumi guys are, like, that's not who they actually were to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. They have different identities. Okay. Like, those guys like- do. Ryoma does. Takeshi does. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Katsura obviously does because he gives you an alias at first as well. Yep. Um, there's a lot of characters in this game that are just like, I'm this person, but I'm also this person. Who am mm-hmm. I? Um, and something that you brought up when we got the reveal about um the the division captains, um, and their actual identities is that there's like this throwaway line early on about like, um. Okita being like a pretty boy, mm-hmm. and we're like Mashima. There's a Mashima? couple of like like uh, Ryoma brings it up at one point. He's like, I don't really see it, and then like someone else you talk to brings it up, and he's like, I don't really see it. So it's very interesting that like two people bring that up, and you're just kind of like, that's strange. Yeah. And then you meet the real people who are you know behind those identities, and it's like, oh, oh, that's why. <laughs> And then that they even made sense. a joke of like, oh, he pulled the, sh- uh, the short end of yeah. the stick here and he had to be the pretty one. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <sighs> Which I mean, like, I guess if you're going out of the three of them, like he's probably the prettiest. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. But even then, it's it was a good goof. Yeah. But like it, it came out of like what seemed like some throwaway lines and absolutely were not throwaway lines at all. No. Like I thought they were just dunking on his appearance. And I mean they were dunking on his appearance, but it, it had a reason. Yeah. <laughs> really good. It's really good. Uh I thought the post credit stuff was fine. Um, we get the scene with uh, Katsura and Takechi where he learns that, or we learn that Takechi is now like retired, but he assumed the identity of um, Yamauchi Yoda to try and tie things over as this, you know, we're in this period of change in Japan. Yep. We see Date's character writing the book for um, about Ryoma Sakamoto, which I believe that character or that dude in real life did. That makes sense. And it was cool because he's like, I'm having to put two guys together into one. <laughs> like, maybe no. I'm thinking of the the, the British dude. Because I, I think, the, no, this dude died with Ryoma Sakamoto in the, the, the inn. Oh, he did? Yeah. Date's character did? Yes. I think oh, man. So. Then I, 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 I'm glad that he didn't actually die from that wound that he got in the end then. So that's why he's wounded in that scene. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then so he you, pulls a me with it. it's like because yeah, the, the, the 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 innkeeper comes in. It's just like open up the windows. You need to use some light. He's like ah, son, no, no. <laughs> um, 
And then there's a scene where uh, Ryoma and uh, Oreo are just traveling around, looking at a nice scenery. Mm-hmm. But they can't get married. They can't get married. And that is something that the, the innkeeper brings but they, up. But they did in real life, apparently, so. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, but I would have. I would like to see what it. happened with like the boys. Yeah, I would have liked that too. But I think overall, it it kind of wraps up bow on everything. Like, obviously, you can't really make a sequel out of this. I don't think because like, nope. <laughs> then you're going off in a completely different direction from history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, I yeah, I really, man, this is a really good game. It's a really good game. I did not expect to like this game as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, seems to be the case for basically literally every Yakuza game that I've encountered. That I'm like, wow, why are you so good? You have no right to be this good. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, like, this one was really, really unexpected for me. Like, I didn't I didn't expect for it to be as well done and as, like, as honestly, like, pretty expertly woven together as it was yeah because like you, you when you go into this it's kind of, there's so many unknown factors to this because like it's a completely different setting it's all these different characters that are based off of characters you know and everything like so like that could be very hard to really make a good game out of that without just being super pandering mm-hmm. and i think they're able to weave through all of like you know the history that they have to use the story that they want to tell, the fan service that they want to implement into the game, and combine all that stuff together into just a really well-made package. And I really got to commend the the localization team, especially for this mm-hmm. as well, because they did a really good job of explaining things when it needed to be explained, um, using the right terminology here and there. Um, so, like, obviously, if you don't know Japanese, it's going to make that a little bit more confusing, but I think you kind of have to use that terminology because of just this time period and what's happening and everything um and they do a really good job of that and just making the sort the story just flow really well and also just having really good humor scattered throughout it as well mm-hmm. um they do a really good job especially in this game which would have to have, i'm sure it was a very difficult undertaking to say the I, least I'm to sure make it was a this tough all <laughs> to make this all work but i think yeah. they did a really good job Good job, guys, people, humans, localization team. That's what I'm looking for. They are Good the who mans. Who mans. They did a really, really great job. And yeah. I'm super thankful for them because I'm glad that we got to play this game. Mm-hmm. The only bad thing is that there are great white sharks in it. Very spooky. I uh, that. It does also seem like they're. I was going to. I. I I talked to you about this at one point, but like it does seem there's some interesting accessibility options in this game in particular to make a lot of the combat easier for people who don't play these kinds of games, especially because like, you know, like me, the last mainline game was a JRPG. So right. if you're taking those people who just got into the series and like, oh, hey, maybe I want to play this. Like it gives them an inter- a, a way to play this game without it like without being super bogged down with all of the fighting mechanics that are in this game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really a really good idea especially for this game. But yeah, this is a this is a good game. It's a very good game. Yeah. Sorry, I was petting a cat and I shouldn't do that when we were recording. Hey, that's fine. Cats deserve to be pet. Especially when they got half their teeth taken out of their head. Poor buddy. He's only got three <laughs> teeth now. <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's like a dragon ishin and that's we'll reconvene with the 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 like a dragon series i guess later this year when like a dragon guide in the man who erased his name comes out That'll see what's be up with uh mr kiryu the actual kiryu not yes actual not, kiryu not this uh, version does say here apparently this game is going to be about the same length in terms of oh, like really? story as the Kaito Files was, but oh, it's huh. also going to have like actual like sub stories and mini games and stuff like that. So oh yay, love side stories and mini games. I think there's going to be a VTuber hostess in this game. Interesting. Because uh, do you remember uh Coco who graduated from Hololive? I do remember Coco. She's all, she's now Kason, which is like her actual identity that she used 
on the side as well during that time she auditioned for this game as a hostess and she's like in like the final rounds of like the auditions so i think she's really potentially going to be in the game if not like i think the the last things they're doing is like figuring out like who's going to be like mainline featured mm-hmm. but yeah i think she's potentially going to be in this game i mean that would be super cool for her because she loves the series mm-hmm. yeah that'd be rad yeah but Good I'm excited to to see this game when it comes out because I want to hear I want to see that that Kiryu story from post six what mm-hmm. what he was doing seven and right before we get to eight. How does he become Unarakami? <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was indeed a lot of fun. Uh, so if you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.Cool so you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like the like Jared and I Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Ann Ladium, go to AnnLadium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment, The Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Mm-hmm. Next week, we'll got something else for you. Who knows what it'll be, but we'll know in a week. <laughs>